Maybe not. There we go. Good morning. How are we doing today? Good? Good. Where are my teachers at this morning? Any teachers? Aren't you excited? You don't have work this week? Yeah. That's right. Students? Excited? Uh, yeah. That's about uh, normal for me. Uh, before we get started, I have a bone to pick with someone. Where's Joe Pierce? Where's Joe Pierce? Raise your hand. Did you steal my sermon notes this morning? You went and preached my sermon for me. <laughs> All right, um, if you have your Bibles, guys, turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31. Verse 31, it says this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And then the king will answer them, truly I tell you. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? When? And then he will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That's a really hard word from Jesus. It's a tough passage. Amen? That's hard to hear, okay? So it's, it's a convicting passage that has a way of making us feel uncomfortable. Do you feel a little bit uncomfortable after reading that? I did. Jesus starts off by talking about times that we can't fathom or imagine. 
And then he goes on to talk about two groups of people, the sheep and the goats. And every time I read this passage, I wonder, where would I fall? Which group would I be a part of? Would I be moved to the right or to the left of the throne? And I tend to wonder, is there something more that I could do to gain God's favor? Is there something more I could do? So I think about this week being Thanksgiving. And I'm mindful that everyone has different experiences with holidays, right? Some are filled with joy. Some are filled with pain and loss. Some are spent with family. Some are spent uh, away from family because of distance. Some are spent away from family for other reasons. And some will spend time with friends that are like family. And some may not even acknowledge the holiday at all. But when I think about the holidays, what I tend to wonder is, what's my value? What's my value to my family? Because the worst thing in the world is being somewhere that you're not valued. Where you feel like you have no worth. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's with your spouse or with your friends or your family or here at church. If you've ever felt that way, then you know what I mean. And you've probably gone a step further and asked, okay, then what's my purpose? I feel like I have no worth. What is my purpose? And for me, it's exhausting work to go back and forth in my head about my value my value to other people, my value to myself, my self-worth to God, to the world, to strangers. It's exhausting work trying to figure this out. And I'm the type of person that really wants to be valuable to others. I want people to know they can rely on me, that I truly care about their well-being. And deep down, I want people to see that I'm a go-getter, that I'm willing to go out and achieve things, and that I will and have achieved things. But this personal mindset of mine just has its pros and cons. Because of that, I can handle high-stress situations because of the amount of pressure I put on myself. But I've also made the mistake of believing that my identity is in my achievements and failures rather than simply who I am underneath all of that. But I'm the type of person who wants to do something. Maybe just one big thing to prove myself. Something so grand that other people will notice and will see that I have value because of my abilities or my accomplishments. I can remember being in some toxic friendships, probably been there, where I knew I was capable of being the kind of person that someone else needed or wanted to have around. That I would do anything I could to prove myself to those friends so they would never doubt what kind of friend they had in me. And in return, they'd never dispose of me. I think that's my biggest fear. Being disposable is my biggest fear. 
And when people treat you like you're disposable, you know your worth. And it's not good. But I noticed in those relationships that there would never be an opportunity for me to prove my worth. Because those people would never give me the opportunity. And if they did, they wouldn't care what the outcome was because their minds were already made up about me from the beginning. And unfortunately, because of those experiences, I'm constantly thinking of ways I can remind God that I have value. And the problem is I've been trying to sell myself to God my whole life, trying to prove to him that I'm worth it. Because this passage in Matthew chapter 5 highlights my biggest fear. Not that I could just be disposable to other people, but that I could be disposable to God. That I could be moved to the side of the goats. I think that's where some of my insecurities lie in my relationship with God. When I think about the sheep and the goats, sometimes I wonder, has God already made his mind up about me from the beginning? And following Christ is really difficult at times for a person like me who's always trying to look for a way to prove himself or gain higher favor. But I think I'm a bit lost in this translation because there's more to this passage. It's a tough passage, but there's also instruction and hope. The major difference that we can talk about today between the two groups, the sheep, they care for the lost, the poor, the sick, the sinner. The goats, they don't. They do not. Simple as that. I don't know about you, but for too long I've believed the lies of the world has told me about my value, about my worth, And I've believed my own lies about my value. And they've all been lies through the lens of this world. And I think it's because we as people universally undervalue ourselves. If you were talking to me and you described someone just like me in every way, I would tell you, oh, that person is intelligent, they're talented. They're valuable. But if you ask me about myself, I wouldn't see the similarities at all. And I think about the redemption of Peter. After Jesus' death, Jesus comes to his disciples and has a moment with Peter. And Jesus asks Peter three times, he says, Peter, do you love me? And every time, Peter's answer is, yes, Lord, of course, you know that. Of course you know that I love you. And each time, Jesus answers him and he says, feed my lambs, tend to my sheep, feed my sheep. Jesus gives Peter this direct call back to Matthew chapter, five, chapter 25 to remind him of what really matters in this world. And Jesus also knows the persecution that Peter is about to face in the coming days. And for the other disciples to know where their worth really comes from. And to not forget the heart of the gospel. 
that there's nothing we can do to earn Christ's love and salvation because it was given to us as a gift to all people, even the sinner, the sick, the poor, the hungry, the stranger. I heard a disturbing story this week. I have a friend of mine who's in ministry. He was at a restaurant where he is a regular, and he knows the manager. His name is Eddie. And Eddie uh, runs and owns his own family restaurant. And what I learned about Eddie is that he's loud, he's boisterous, he's friendly, but he's a little rough around the edges. And he only pales in comparison to his wife. But he's very protective of her. And one day, my friend was sitting at a table enjoying his meal, doing some studying, and this woman walked in, stormed in, ran right up to Eddie's wife and started yelling at her, blaming her for how she had been treated as a customer, blaming her for how could you do this to someone that as a trusted customer that's a regular, all this stuff about, and just yelling, yelling, yelling. And Eddie's wife is taken aback, as we should be, right? And she's shocked and on the verge of tears. And this woman continues to just lay into her and blaming her for everything that had gone wrong after this one incident, after this one accident. And Eddie's wife is shocked and apologetic. And at the end of the conversation, the woman gets up to leave. She turns around, looks at Eddie's wife, and she says... I hope you treat God better than you've treated me. I hope you've treated God better than you've treated me. You know, I really think, honestly, that people like that think they're helping or that they're teaching the other person something by saying something like that. But there's something wrong with this story. What's wrong with this story is there was an opportunity for compassion. There was an opportunity for grace. And there was an opportunity for love that should have been displayed by the person using God to hurt someone else. We all need to read about the sheep and the goats. We should remember that we have an opportunity to show others that they have value. Worth that only God can give. And if we go around wasting opportunities, then we've been fooled by the world. And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. It's Thanksgiving this week. Cause for celebration. And after today, a lot of us will scatter across the state, across the country, and have completely different experiences from one another. Some of us are even crazy enough to go Black Friday shopping, and we'll pray for you. And some of us will see family members that we have issues with. Some of us will come across servers and retail workers who are overworked and underpaid this week. And some of us might end up serving the homeless the poor, the hungry, this week. I want you to remember this. That these family members, these friends, these strangers, 
These people you come across this week and every week, they could be the least of these. In Matthew 25, Jesus doesn't just separate the sheep from the goats based on their merits and their accomplishments, their failures, whether they're male or female, or their amount of sin. Here's what Jesus is addressing, that our value will be determined. Not by the eyes, not by worth in the eyes of the world, but by how much we did to meet the needs of others in the world. And the difference between God and the people in our lives that we work so hard to prove our worth to every day, every week, is that God doesn't need to be convinced that we have value. God does not need to be convinced that you have value. There's a line in a song that I love from a musical. Some of you will know it over here especially. It goes like this. I never thought there could be someone like you who would want me. So I give you 10,000 reasons to not let me go. But if you really see me, if you like me for me and nothing else, that's all that I've wanted for longer than you could possibly know. God's chosen you. God wants you. God does not question your love and your loyalty, and God's not looking for a guarantee. But he does give us a responsibility to be ambassadors for love, for grace, and mercy. And he calls us to do more than just notice the least of these He calls us to befriend them, to welcome them into our homes and into our church building, to take care of them and help them heal with nothing expected in return. And God expects us to represent him well while we are on this earth. Opportunity after opportunity will come your way to show people who Christ is. People will remember how you make them feel. My dad always told me that. People will remember how you make them feel. This morning, if you've doubted your self-worth in the eyes of God and you're exhausted from doing so, or if you feel called to do more for the least of these, our shepherds will be scattered throughout the auditorium ready to pray with you, ready to equip you, ready to love on you. So come now as we stand and as we sing.